This week we've celebrated, isn't kind of the right word, but marked, remembered, that it's been a year since the first lockdown. And that awareness that we, as a nation facing that which the world is facing, pandemic of coronavirus. It's, it's been a week marked with reflection of pausing, of remembering. Over this year, we've lost so much, including the many precious people, both here in the United Kingdom, but also around the world. And still the journey of grief and continued pain as we hopefully begin to see the decrease of this pandemic. That's our prayer and our hope. But also in the anniversary of a year, there's something of reflecting to and thinking about what else has happened in this year. It's been the loss of so much, but also it has afforded new opportunities. I remember very early on in the beginning of the lockdown last March, there were lots of conversations thinking that this lockdown may be five, six weeks limited, that uh, what would you do? What new skills would you acquire? Um, what will you have accomplished? What would you put on the CV to say, I haven't just wasted this time and sat back in the couch and watched Netflix? I guess part of that is an activist view and there's nothing wrong with watching a, a series. There's that kind of pressure, how best do we use our time? As I've reflected this week on this year and its experiences, what's been difficult, what's been good, one of the things that I am really thankful for is, has been making the most of the outdoors. We were blessed with those, those warm days at the start of lockdown right through the spring last year, which helped so much. For me, I've been walking in the Cotswolds uh, from Broadway and up to the Tower and around, and it's been amazing exploring this little part of a beautiful countryside. And I've continued that practice. I try regularly to, to get out and about and do that exercise, enjoy the great outdoors. And over this year, I've been well aware of the changing seasons. From spring last year through to the glory and the, the warmth of summer, into this, the beautiful, vibrant colours of autumn, into the, the bare winter of the sticks of trees. But I must say, in the last couple of weeks, it's been great to see the vibrant signs of spring, the returning of green, of fresh shoots of budding leaves and even the leaping of lambs. It's great to see growth again. As I've been uh, reading through Philippians and, and preparing for today and in our series of joyful living, I was struck by Paul's prayer in chapter 1. I'll read it in a moment. And the synergy, the links, the connections with the arrival of spring, of growth. So Philippians chapter 1, verses 8 to 11. Paul writes to the church in Philippi. He's in lockdown. He's in prison, in chains. And as Phil was reminding us last week, he only was in Philippi for a short time. And yet this is what we read. God can testify how I long 
for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. That's Paul's prayer for the family of God, for his friends, his sisters and brothers in Philippi. As I read this, as I I was thinking about it, as I read it, I kind of get to that and and I'm amazed by that prayer. But I found myself initially kind of reading it and and kind of recognizing that it's got lofty aspiration. But found myself uh, skipping over it because it seems too high to reach for. An idealism, a bar too high. That I think, gosh, to be uh, entirely uh, blameless and pure, to abound in love, to, 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 to know and to be able to discern what is best, filled with the righteousness that comes through Christ. I, I'm kind of like, that's amazing, yes. But I've struggled to, to see how that applies to me. But I've been caught by that this week. It's a prayer, essentially, that Paul prays about growth, a prayer for growth. Why? Well, at the end of, of this little reading, he, he says in verse 10 to be pure, that we may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, for the coming of Jesus. That goal, this, the goal of this prayer, the destination, the hope, the driving force even, is the certainty that the Lord Jesus, the Saviour and Lord, will return. That he's coming back. That he's on his way. And Paul is praying and urging and encouraging us to be prepared for that day when he will return. That he is coming back, certainly. It's a really key feature a really deep principle for every disciple to know this, to, to, to have this orientation in life that recognizes he is coming back, he's returning. That we're not just going in circles, but there is a destination, there is a goal. Think of the parables that, that Jesus taught later in the Gospels, so often focused about his return, though delayed, but the definite certainty of him coming back. There's an old chorus that we sing based on one of those parables. Give me oil in my lamp, keep me burning. Sing Hosanna, sing Hosanna. If you've got family members and they don't know it, maybe uh, you could uh, teach that over the, uh, the lunch table today. He is returning. In verse 6, of of, uh, Philippians chapter 1, that we're reminded by Paul, being confident of this, that he who began a good work will carry it on to completion until that day of Christ Jesus. That's so encouraging to know that he will finish, he will complete what he begins. 
Philip referred to that last week as he talked about God as the finisher. Paul is helping us, helping the Philippians, helping us to understand growth matters. It's easy to lose sight of that in lockdown. It's easy to lose sight of that when we get into the routine of everyday living and maybe even get stuck. Paul was a prisoner in chains. And he knew the pressure on the believers in Philippi in a culture of Rome that was, they were kind of citizens. They perhaps had served in the, the, the Roman army. There was a kind of whole lot of what it meant to be part of that community, to fit in, to belong, to go with the flow. And yet, he says, God will bring things together to complete, to finish. When our churches, our sisters and brothers are in challenging times in the world, persecuted, what keeps them from giving up? What stops us from throwing in the towel? What prevents us from thinking, is it all worth it? It's undeniably true that we recognize Jesus died and rose again and he's coming back. And the basis of our life now and our world is that truth, that underpinning rock. The promises of Jesus in Matthew 16, where he says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. When we go through difficult times to know that they are temporary, but he will Completed, whether that's personally in our individual life or for us as a church. It's been difficult through lockdown. We've not seen you. It's, it's, we've been isolated and um, disjointed. It's been weird. And yet, as we have prayed and walked through this year, we have relied more on the truth that we are in God's hands. He will bring us through this. That he is in control even when we may not be. growth. Philippians reminds us that this, this gift of salvation is a free gift to us all. We begin again. Into what? Into new life. We're saved by grace and we are now living and able to exercise this new life for his purposes. Implicit in the gospel, in coming to believe and being called into new life, is a call to respond. Paul, in Philippians and other writings, tells us that this call to respond is a call to act, a call for faithful obedience, to walk and to, to work, to run, to imitate, to be a good athlete, or to use the image of a soldier or a farmer. In Ephesians chapter 2, of good works prepared in advance for us to do, that we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. In other words, we're called as believers, as followers, as a church to grow. Of course, it's not instant, or how we wish it sometimes is. 
We do see in sometimes sudden breakthroughs, the miraculous, and we, we rejoice in that and we pray for that. But very much the kingdom in the parables is, is actually a, a, of an implicit growth that takes time. Season by season. Of consistency. Of a book that we've referenced before. It's a, it's a classic. We encourage you to read it. A long obedience in the same direction. That's the title of a book by Eugene Peterson. But very true that we grow with intention. The first Christians were called followers of the way, the way of Jesus, to grow. What am I driving at here? Well, well, in these short verses, in this prayer, Paul prays for the people in Philippi, for, for us. The seed that needs to grow is love. With the, the outward working out of that, the harvest in, in verse 9. Uh, verse 11, and this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. Why? To be, and the, the goal of that, to be filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Growth. That your love may abound more and more. That translates technically is yet more and more. The implication of that is of limitless growth. We've not got there yet, of limitless growth. Knowledge, that is, Paul is urging us to grow in the things of God, of, of depth and insight, to discern what is best and excellent, to be pure inwardly and blameless, that which we are beyond reproach, now, as I referenced at the beginning, that, that's a, a lofty goal. It can be like a, a seeing something and just thinking that's too high to attain and we just kind of step back and give up. But that's not Paul's prayer. That's the direction of travel. That's the growth he longs for us. When I first became a follower of Jesus and began in the way, it was in 1991 in Newcastle as a student, and I started attending Heaton Baptist Church. And the, the senior pastor there, a guy, a pastor called Jim, uh, he had a regular phrase, and it was on his desk in a, in a little picture frame. And he would often reference it in sermons, and I kind of didn't quite get it at that point. But I've understood along the way the importance and the wisdom of it. It goes like this, sow a thought, reap an action. Sow an action, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a character. Sow a character, reap a destiny. How do we get to that goal that Paul is praying for the Philippians? How do we see that happening in our life, in our church together? It's easy to be critical. It's easy to, to look at ourselves and look at others and, uh, and think, maybe think, let's just give up. Let's just walk away. It's, it's too difficult. It just seems it's all based in hypocrisy. No. We're called by Jesus. The Spirit of God is living within us. And we're called to grow in these ways. I've found myself whilst walking 
often, on, often praying, I find myself praying and thinking and reflecting, noticing things, taking time in the daily routine. One of the things I've, I'm privileged uh, to, be, uh, to be invited, I'm godparent to, to three children, which is a huge privilege. And I pray for them in all sorts of ways, and I, and I pray for this church similarly. And I found this prayer, these verses, to be really inspirational. That I found myself praying along with Paul and encourage us to do that. To pray this over them as they grow from babes to uh, adults. For us as a church, as we grow, not just in numbers, but in the depth and breadth of what it means to be a community of love. I'm going to read these verses again and maybe encourage you to learn this if you can, a good scripture to memorize or a scripture to hold and to pray regularly, to pray for your children, to pray for us, for our church, to pray for Philip and I and the leadership team, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. So that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the, fruitfulness, uh, the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. I find myself caught with that prayer, praying it with hope and expectation, eagerly looking forward to the outworking of it, the next step. The sign that this has been working out on the trajectory of growth. That love may abound, this virtue of love, to pervade my and our whole character and being that would prompt and mark every attitude and action. So a thought, reap an action. So an action, reap a habit. So a habit, reap a character. So a character, reap a destiny. I came across this phrase this week and it challenged me. Someone wrote, the distance between where we actually are and where God wants us to be is measured by love. As I've been praying and sitting with this text... I want to grow. As we as a church in lockdown in these times, I'm praying that this would be true for us. True for our sisters and brothers under persecution. True for our church in this nation. May God bless you as you meditate and dwell on this too.